0: fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try it and it's
1: for the it touchdown. Back. What a
0: perfect second ever Hey everybody, welcome to the Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal, paving your way to fantasy glory, acting as your lead blocker to fantasy excellence, making all your football-related fantasies come true. I'm your host, Matt The Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Roto Street himself. We're coming off a week nine that was not kind to me. We have a great Sunday night game coming up that we're both highly motivated to see, so we're going to try to get through this thing as quickly as as we can, but still being as informative as we can because there was plenty to talk about. Wolf has it going.
1: Hey, doing well, doing well. As you said, lots to dive into. We'll talk about all the rises, fallers, usage, early wave wires, some key injuries, you know, already pouring one out for Cam Akers, devastating. Not as much fantasy-wise, but real-life-wise, two Achilles tears in you know last three years. That's brutal. Uh, so that, that sucks. But yeah, let's dive right in, as you said, because we want to get to this awesome game we have. Bruin here. We'll start with passing game risers, then we'll hit the falling, uh, the running game risers, Fallers in both. 4 p.m. box score scan, key injuries, and then we'll be out of here. Starting with the risers, you got. I, I think you have to lead out with CJ Stroud, 470 yeah. yards, a rookie record, plus five touchdowns, absolutely monster day, and of course, tons of impressive performances with that Tank Dell, 114 yards and two scores, my boy. Uh, Noah Brown also ripping off 153 and a touchdown six. Catches on all six targets. 11 targets did go Tank Dell's way, as did Dalton Schultz. 11 yep. targets, all in 10 of them for 130 yards and a score. Nico Collins had an okay day himself 54 yards and a touchdown, but just five targets, three catches. Somehow that was the worst day here. Ultimately, a huge day for the passing attack. The run game was nowhere to be found. We'll hit that when we get to run game uh, fallers over there. But ultimately, huge, huge day for the Texans passing game and massive game. For C.J. Stroud, we had a couple dud efforts in a row, and bam, he's right back
0: there. Yeah, massive is a great way to describe it. Let's talk about Washington playing the pathetic Patriots. Sam Howell had another 300-plus yard day, and Jahan Dotson continues to impress yeah. slash, slash surprise. Howell went 29 for 45 for 325 and a touchdown. He also got picked off once. Uh, he targeted Dotson eight times. He pulled in four of them uh, for 69 yards, and he also scored. Terry McLaurin was targeted seven times. He caught five for 73. <laughs> And the uh, commander's actually pulled out a slight
1: win over the Patriots, who everybody beats, except the Bills. I know. I, seriously. But Jahan Dotson, back-to-back games, maybe you can start to trust the guy at this point. Uh, we will see there. Saints passing game, I, it's tough to call Derek Carr a huge riser, 211 yeah. yards, two touchdowns, a 16-point mediocre day. But I did want to just shout out Taysom Hill, yet another massive effort. We've talked about him multiple weeks on the podcast here. 11 carries. 52 yards and four catches for 13 yards and a touchdown. Also throwing the three-yard touchdown as well. Another 18-point day. Another top three tight end performance for Taysom Hill. The guy just continues to get it done. I don't know why people aren't believers, but it's time. I I just regret. I should have benched Puka Nakua for him in a flex spot. I mean, CJ talked about it earlier. Didn't do it. Now I'm on the ropes in a matchup. But still, Taysom Hill, he's got to be locked in the lineups at this point.
0: Yeah, I'd say so. Josh Dobbs, who just got shipped to uh, uh to minnesota with the cousins injury yeah he got off to a shaky start he actually had to come in and replace uh jaron hall who exited with a brain injury is what the copy says i'm assuming that means he was concussed concussion um, yeah. and uh josh dobbs com- comes in and after like i said a shaky start he actually went 20 for 30 for a buck 58 and two touchdowns and the vikings eked it out against the falcons uh, he targeted T.J. Hawkinson 12 times. He caught seven of them for 70. Not bad. And Jordan Addison, who's kind of like the last man standing in this Minnesota passing attack, who's been pretty awesome, he caught five balls on seven targets for 51 as well.
1: Yeah, and you also got to mention, too, the 66 yards and a touchdown on the ground for dog Oh, yeah. Just yeah. engineering that comeback just – ballsy effort to be with the team for four days and do what he did. I love this kid. I loved him when he was at Arizona uh, and it's just what he's doing here. I hope he really gets a real shot next year somewhere. He can finally. I heard something on the broadcast, like his fifth team and, you know, two, not even two seasons total. Uh, so he's just been bouncing around, but impressive wherever he's landed. And as you mentioned, 12 targets for Hawkinson, just like his Arizona days where he was peppering those tight ends there. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, Cleveland passing game, not a huge day for Deshaun Watson. 219 yards, two touchdowns, 22 yards on the ground. But the big thing was well over half of that went to Amari Cooper. 139 of those 219 went Cooper's way. He also had a touchdown, five catches on his five targets. Monster day, getting a little more stability there with Deshaun Watson. Also good to see Najoku catch a touchdown from uh, Deshaun Watson. There's some metrics out there about how much better Njoku's been with any other quarterback. So nice to see four catches, six targets, and again, 26 yards and a score for Njoku there. Let's talk about Chicago, and let's talk about
0: <laughs> Um, He had a Konami down, believe it or not. He uh, yeah. actually passing. Now he had four turnovers. Let's not bury the lead. He went 18 for 30, <laughs> 120 yards. Two touchdowns. He did get picked off three times, and he did have a fumble that he lost. However, he also added eight carries for 70 yards, which is kind of nuts. Cole Komet was the big beneficiary on the passing attack. He was targeted eight times. He caught six of them for 55 and two. Count him, two touchdowns. Darnell Mooney also ate a little bit. He caught five balls on six targets for 82. DJ Moore struggled, however. He only had three catches for 44 yards and was targeted five times.
1: Yeah, disappointing effort from him, but pretty good elsewhere uh, for the Bears there. Moving on to the running game, and we'd love to get that thumbs up button as we start to move in here. It helps us get out to more people, like shares, retweets, all that good stuff. It keeps us motivated, keeps us feeling good about ourselves. So please do boost that self-esteem and help out your boys as well. That thumbs up button, likes, shares, subs, all that good stuff. We're happy to have you here. Wolfpack. Running games, they said they were going to let Aaron Jones loose And they sure did 20 carries. Didn't do a ton with it, 73 yards and a touchdown. But that workload was a monster. Also had six targets, four catches for 26 yards. Meanwhile, Dylan just nine carries, 40 yards, and significantly out-snapped. For the first time in two weeks now, uh, we finally got Aaron Jones playing far more and out-touching A.J. Dillon far more. We needed to see it. Happy to see it. And he looks fairly solid, even though it was a huge blow-up day. Solid day overall, usage-wise, snap-share-wise, everything. Good to see for Aaron Jones moving forward.
0: Ravens running back picture. This was a bizarre one. Justice Hill ended up carrying the ball more than uh, the other guys. He actually rushed 13 times for 40 yards, which is a pretty mediocre stat line. Gus Edwards, who we've talked about a bunch of times, is like averaging, uh, you know, after only Jamal Charles and maybe Bo Jackson or something, the most (laughs) yards per carry like in the history of the league. Uh, He rushed five times for 52 yards. That's a, a little over 10 yards a clip and two touchdowns. Let's not forget that as well. Uh, not to be outdone, uh, Keaton Mitchell had nine rushes for a buck 38 <laughs> and a touch in a touchdown. Um, and, and the, the the score was a 40-yarder. So you're like, all right, well, a lot of that was that. I mean, you take that away. He still went eight for 98. Like that's still yeah. like 11, 12 yards a clip. What what an absolutely outstanding performance by two of these guys. Why doesn't Gus Edwards get more carries? The
1: guy, but I mean, of course, Keaton Mitchell seems like he deserves some carries. Justice Hill, not so much. And I think Justice Hill probably moving forward will be getting it uh, taken away from him. It was one of those situations they were up so big early. And honestly, yeah. I know the five carries look a little sketchy for Gus, but honestly, it's because they were arresting him because they didn't need to use him. So it almost is one of those things that's actually a benefit here. Uh, he got his two touchdowns. They said, see you later. Put your lunch pail. You know, get it on out. Sit on the bench. You're good. You've done what we need you to do today. We're not going to need you anymore. Uh, just going back to the Miami running backs. Last game before Devon Chan comes back. So we will see. How that looks, but for right now, Mostert still again led the way, 12 carries, 85 yards, a touchdown, ho-hum, just regular 15 to 20 point day. For Mostert, Wilson, for what it's worth, did look solid in the passing game. Three catches, 32 yards, did play actually more passing down snaps than Mostert in addition to two carries for six yards. But I think this will probably be the last we hear of Wilson, assuming A. Chan can stay healthy. They have a bye next week. He'll be back in week eleven. If somehow you can sneak in a buy low on Devon Hand HM before he returns, I doubt yeah. it. if his owners have held up this long. You're probably not going to be able to get him. You probably not even can't get him low. But if you can buy high, like if they forget just how damn good he was. Then still try to go get him. But yeah, nice effort again from Mostert. Might be the right time to try the best you can to sell high because A chance coming back, baby.
0: <laughs> and I got to say, I was pretty underwhelmed by that Germany game and I was really looking forward no, so man, I, I to it. No, I hope You felt the same way? It
1: just, it, I did, yeah. We even moved the broadcast up to 8 a.m. this morning just so we could, could watch the whole game. And it just, it never really, towards the end there, you know, it was like, well, if they put one in, we get 21 to 21. You know, maybe we get OT. It just never ended up fully coming together for that game, though.
0: Yeah, it just, yeah, I didn't enjoy it anywhere near as much as I thought it would. I hope the game tonight, which I'm also looking forward to, is I, a little better. I know. Please live up to it. We talked about the Patriots. The Cowboys um, Eagles lived up to their hype, though. The Cowboys- that, was, that was a good game, game. And we will touch that on that when we talk about the four o'clock uh, scores. Yeah. Uh, Ramondre had his best fantasy game of the season. We talked about the Patriots sucking, and, and they do. But he did actually have a decent rushing game. He rushed nine times for 87 and a touchdown. He added four catches and 42. Now, to be fair, and I mean, you know, whatever, points are points. Uh you had 87 yards, 64 of them came on one run yeah. in the second quarter. Other than that, eight for twenty-three, not that great. Zeke Elliott, six rushes for 17 yards. Eh, gross. Um, yeah. that's about it
1: for the Patriots. That's about but it. game for Ramondre, at least on paper. I, I would try to be selling Ramondre as fast as you could. That like you were saying, the eight for 23 is really what we've been seeing all year. Yeah, sure, that 64-yard scamper. I hate when people take that away. I get that, too. I get how annoying that is because, of course, we yeah. get counts. But, man, he's been a slug all year. He just really had a hole that they had horrible yeah. pursuit on. So I, I'd be trying to sell him as fast as I could. Two TDs for Rashad White. Solid effort. 20 carries, 73 yards, two scores on the ground, in addition to just a usual solid receiving roll. Four catches, 46 yards. He hasn't been overly efficient all year. We know that about Rashad White, but just continues – especially these last few weeks. He's really started to rack up the receiving usage. Now he's getting in the end zone a little bit too and playing, again, all season, 80% of the snaps are higher pretty much every single week. He's turned out to be a really reliable, just nice RB2 that has these type of spike weeks in him too. Not bad.
0: Yeah, hey, Let's talk about the Washington running game. Uh, Brian Robinson did dominate the workload. Oh, well, they didn't do a ton with it. He rushed 18 times for 63 yards. That's 3.5 a carry. Not great. He did score uh, on a nine-yard run where he basically didn't get touched at all. He did add... Um, I think he added one catch. Uh, I'm trying to remember where it is, but uh, anyway, uh, not much in the passing game, if anything, Antonio Gibson rushed six times for 34 yards, which is not a bad yard per carry. He also added five catches for 42. Um, And they said uh, it is worth noting that Gibson's 11 touches was the most he's had this whole season.
1: Yeah. And the other, just note in all that too, is Chris Rodriguez who randomly got involved two weeks ago. He's been nowhere to be found for two weeks. You can feel a bit better about Brian Robinson and Gibson Know that it's not a three-headed nightmare, at least. You never know if he could reemerge, but it's good to see him disappear for a two-week span now. Dante Foreman, sure, it's great that he dominated the entire workload. 20 carries compared to just two for Roshan. 83 yards, you know, not even a bad per clip there for Dante Foreman, but no touchdowns. Doesn't get any passing game work. And this just goes to show how fantasy's changed as a game. If you're in a PPR, or half PPR league, you know, as good as that is real life, 20 carries, 83 yards, the heartbeat of your offense for a bit. It still doesn't really matter to much in fantasy. 8.3 points for him. Roshan, two carries, six yards, one catch, nine yards. It was an afterthought. Darrington Evans was mixing in, but ultimately it became more of a two-back committee. Herbert is due back next week, though. It's just an ugly three-headed nightmare. If you could somehow sell something for Foreman, I'd do it because I don't think we're getting any more use out of these guys.
0: Kareem Hunt did salvage his fantasy uh, by getting a late touchdown. But Jerome Ford was the one who really dominated, and I mean really dominated the snap count, 47-21. to That's not nothing. Now, he did rush 20 times for 44 yards. That's pretty lousy. Um, he did add five catches for 33. Not an impressive stat line. Now, I do have Ford on my team, so I can tell you, he did score, I think, 10 to 11 fantasy points with that crappy stat line. So it wasn't like a nothing fantasy game, but, you know, averaging 2.2 yards a carry, stuff like that. He out uh, outtouched Hunt 25 to 14, um, and, uh, you know, they pretty much uh, – Cleveland pretty much shut the door on
1: Arizona pretty easily in this game. Yeah, you got to be encouraged by that workload. But man, you'd think against the Cardinals, we've seen four I mean, efficient like, all year. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that was a little annoying.
0: Touches is great, but, but man, he did very, very little with them.
1: I know. No. Yeah, but good to see at least he's back in, in and yeah. that lead 1A role moving forward. But damn, if you can't do more, 25 touches against the Cardinals again. You, you should be doing more. Sure. All righty, Wolfpack, we are moving on to followers again. The crowd's starting to gain here. Love to see it. Please do hit that thumbs up button. That's why the crowd is growing because you guys are being so kind. Does really help get us out to more people, and if you are new here, enjoy what you hear. Please do consider subscribing as we climb to four K here in twenty twenty three. Yeah. All righty, moving to the followers of the pass game, and you kind of mentioned this game as a whole was a dud. Specifically, the passing game yeah. that shootout we're going to get Monday in the Sunday morning nine thirty Germany. Let's go, Pat Mahomes. Oh, just another mediocre day. <laughs> 20, twenty completions on thirty passes, one hundred eighty five yards, two touchdowns. It's just not Pat Mahomes, and it's. All the more obvious when you're looking at Josh Allen, you're looking at Jalen Hurts, these guys that are putting up 27 to 30 routinely that were going oftentimes after Pat Mahomes, clearly that that he was the the worst pick of those early round quarterbacks, something that we called on this show. uh, We know Mo, he called him a bust. Remember that? And and Honestly, relative to his price, it's tough to not call him that. Sky Moore kind of led the way here at 33 yards. That tells you how bad this receiving game has been. Two catches, three targets. Travis Kelsey, 14 yards Three catches on four targets. Just You don't usually see this. You can't be too uh, – maybe you try to buy him if his owner panics after this one. But, man, uh, just a disappointing effort there. Rasheed Rice did get one of the touchdowns. Good to see him continuing to be that red zone threat. But, man, he, he got it in the first, like, three minutes of the game and did nothing else after. It was like, oh, man, is this guy going to have a one of those crazy-ass games? No, nah, nothing really after that. So uh, just a, a lackluster game overall. McKinnon did catch the other touchdown there. And maybe getting primed up for that late-season explosion for Jarek McKinnon. He always seems to do it. So maybe just maybe sneak in early on that one. But other than that, it was an ugly subpar game. And so was the other side of things.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say not to be outdone by the mediocrity of the Chiefs passing <laughs> game. He was twenty-one a 34 for a buck 93 and a touchdown. And just, like, just didn't look real good. But nobody did. Tyreek Hill led the way. He was targeted 10 times. He caught eight of them. But kind of a pathetic for him, 62 yards on the day. No scores. Jalen Waddell, completely forgettable. Uh, Three catches on six targets for 42. He did have one carry for like 12 yards. Cedric Wilson caught a touchdown. Uh, He was targeted five times. He caught one of them. I guess he made that one count. It was 31-yard touchdown. score, Uh, And that was it. I mean, that's just like nobody popped really on either side. And the Chiefs just won a pretty ugly game. I mean, it's worth noting that Miami did essentially nothing in the first half at all. So any production that did come came
1: later on. But even the production that came wasn't much. Wasn't much. And everybody's saying Lamar Jackson, one of the few quarterbacks you can trust, lock in. Do you think nope. you got to play him? No. 187 yards. And that was about it. He did have 10 carries for 60 yards, but ultimately that added up to about 11 fantasy points, depending on your scoring. We talked about how productive that run game was. It's an offense good to see, uh, but ultimately four touchdowns going across to running backs, and none going to Lamar Jackson. Very disappointing. And certainly it tanked most of the pass catchers here. Yeah, sure. Nine catches, 80 yards. For Andrews, he does his thing. He always does. But Zay Flowers, 11 yards on his one catch. And that was about it. And Odell Beckham, though, squeaky wheel. We talked about him a little bit. Seven targets, five catches, 56 yards, and a score. Uh, Good to see him. He does seem to – CJ was cracking up at me, telling me I was the biggest moron today when I was like, I know it seems crazy. Squeaky wheel, though. I think Odell – I know he had nothing last week on the box score. But I saw him and he was moving around better. He goes, you just said he had nothing on the box score. You just made your point for yourself. He sucks. And so CJ, screw you. This is actually a decent game from Odell Beckham. here.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about the other side of the ball. Uh, speaking of yeah. just being awful, the Seahawks, this was not a competitive game at all. Geno Smith and all his receivers were, were pretty terrible uh, with the exception of JSN. JSN caught uh, six out of seven targets for 63 yards. And yes, that was the shining stat line uh, for, for yeah. the Seahawks. That, that was the thing to get excited about. DK Metcalf, Caught one of four targets for 50 yards. Now, granted, yeah, it sounds great. Hey, he caught a 50-yard pass. Well, he didn't catch anything else. Nothing else. Tyler Lockett targeted eight times, caught three for 32 yards. Gino went 13 out of 28 on the day for 157 yards. That's disgusting. And a pick. Nobody, uh, nothing excited about here. And it says in the copy up here, I'm interested to know your thoughts on this just real quickly.
1: DK no longer a must start. You agree with that? I do. Yeah, I typed it in there. I, I don't I don't love him anymore. You know, 14 targets last week and still only mustered about 60 yards on him. It, it's been underwhelming. The, the floor was fairly safe this year where right. he's had mostly 10 or higher, but he hasn't topped 17 in a single game. And now the floor is starting to come caving out underneath him as JSN gets more and more involved here. Uh, yeah, you got to be a little bit nervous about him. And just, you know, Smith, oh, what a gro- After being the quarterback six last year, he has only had one game in the top 12 quarterbacks all season. It's been a really – I don't really know really people talk about how much of a sophomore – like at sophomores, like he was back, balanced. Sophomore, you know, in the like, league. You know, right like, yeah, I know, <laughs> no, sophomore. It just feels like he was a rookie last year almost after coming out of nowhere. It just really the, – the Cinderella story seems to be over here. Patriots, yeah. no, no uh, Kendrick Bourne. No Devontae Parker. How's it going to shake out? Not really well. 220 yards and one touchdown, one pick. A back-breaking interception from Matt Jones there, too. At the end of the game, as a lot of people expected, DeMario Douglas did lead the way in receiving yards. 55 yards, though, really not that special. Five catches on seven targets. That was tied by Juju Smith-Schuster, who had seven targets, six catches of his own. 51 yards, probably his best effort in a long time. Maybe, just maybe, a, a deeper Waverly guy at this point, but eh. Hunter Henry did get into the end zone, 39 yards, touchdown, four catches, seven targets as well. Those three t- led the team in targets with those seven apiece. It was just, ugh. It, it, you know, Kendrick Bourne was unlocking a, a layer yeah. of this offense that really no one else has that type of gear. And, and that, again, we're talking about Kendrick Bourne as a, the unknown, like the, the biggest star of this game. It's Kendrick freaking Bourne. So like, it just goes to tell you how bad and lackluster this Patriots team has been and how bad they're going to be moving forward. We got to see Taylor Haneke's first game with the Falcons. I I don't know mixed
0: reviews. I would say twenty-one out of he was okay. Twenty-one out of thirty-eight for two sixty-eight, one touchdown, one pick. He did he did make uh, a few what I would call uh, questionable throws. Some of them he did not have to pay for, uh, but you know, a couple times. Uh, he did. Well, he really went after the tight ends. Kyle Pitts was targeted five times, caught four for fifty-six. This is now what we get excited about for Kyle. hey, he had four <laughs> for fifty-six, and he's like, hey, that's pretty good. And it's like, no, nah, it's really not very good. Uh, Johnny <laughs> Smith, five catches on six targets for a hundred and a touchdown. That's good. That um, good. I don't know. I would, I, I would give, I'd give Heineke like a B minus, C plus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it, better than Desmond
1: Ritter, I guess,
0: because there's no. Yeah, I agree. Now. I think he was better than Desmond Ritter. It's a it's still not
1: great though i'm with you there is it time to hate cut christian watson i am wondering that and i'm sure many others are too i think i'm going to do it i i i don't see a reason to keep holding on to him if the locker room needs the message sent his softness can no longer be tolerated he's not responding to his timeout share in the flex position it's time for him to go folks and yeah you know, it's largely cuz jordan loves 228 yards of touchdown he did have decent accuracy on the day 20 of 26 not a horrible effort in real life wise but fantasy wise not a ton of juice on this uh, this branch here. Jaden Reed, three catches, 19 yards. We have like one catch for 30 yards for Watson, you know, 37 on his two targets. Just a, It was a big play that he made actually down the stretch there for the team, but still, fantasy owners, this is not the Watson we were expecting by any means, has not had a single useful game on the season. Yeah, with this passing game looking as bad as is, I'm going to be clearing him out. I'm done. I'm done with this. I've, I've said I've said a couple of times like I've been wrong about
0: so many things this fantasy season. I, I don't want to toot my horn too much. I was absolutely right about Jordan Love. You were. Like, you I was, I was. You know, you, were you taking him like in the second round? And
1: in, in no, some, never the second. But like third, maybe late third, early fourth was kind of where cool. I was starting to target him. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, yeah, they stink. Um, they stink. You want to hear? You want to talk about stinking real quick? Let's talk about the Cardinals. <laughs> Clayton Toon. Not to be confused with RSJs on Tunes, Clayton Toon. Yeah. You know, he would be offended if I compared him to this guy. 11 out of 20 passes completed for a whopping 58 yards and two picks in the Cardinals, 27 to nothing. That's right, nothing. Defeat to the Browns. It was just, it was just so bad. You heard the stat line. I don't need to go into it. It was just awful. Marquise Brown. So I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I had, uh, I had um, McBride, who I just traded the injured Darren Waller for, and I think I – don't, I don't remember how many yards McBride had. It. I think maybe like 25 or something like that. You know, it was pretty, pretty terrible. I mean, that was like uh, – you know, that was like almost half of their entire offense. The other half yeah. came from Marquise Brown. He caught four out of eight targets for 24. So, between those guys, they accounted for like 50 out of the 58 yards this guy passed for. One of the worst passing performances you will ever see by anybody in the NFL – um, except for that uh, Giants thing uh, uh, like last week where they had like negative nine yards. But this
1: is pretty <laughs> terrible. Yeah, That doesn't get worse on that Giants game, but this is pretty damn close. I mean, CJ had the show too because we were like, oh, yeah, I guess, you know, it would be very concentrated. Only Marquise Brown and Trey McBride will probably catch passes. We were they, wrong. We're, we're we're totally sure right. We were going, though, <laughs> the whole time. I do think so. Marquise Brown, though, could be an intriguing buy. We assume Kyler Murray will be back if not next week, by the week after. And they have a juicy playoff schedule, the second easiest for wide receivers. So maybe use this as yet another data point. Oh, Clayton Toon, you can never trust Marquise Brown, right? Maybe you can sneak in a buy-low offer here. Uh, it's going to be your last chance before Kyler Murray comes back. Didn't you, tell me,
0: that you, were, didn't you tell me you might be rolling Clayton Toon out in
1: a league? I ended up putting in Gabe Davis. It was a super flex situation, and I was like, I, I don't even – just because you normally should put a quarterback in – I'm just going to put Gabe Davidson and hope for the best. And I'm not regretting that. That's for sure. Even it's if Gabe Davidson did one catch for five yards, it's to
0: It is inconceivable. I mean, I, I believe he scored zero points, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, he, turnover, like yeah. So, literally I can't get it. worse. If he runs for one yard. Uh, exactly. Uh, similar to a backup quarterback tanking his offense, Brett Rippon, not quite as bad, 130 yards for him. Exactly. But yeah. 13 of 28, no touchdowns, one pick. Cooper Cup, 48 yards, seven targets. Looked okay, but just two catches on those. Nakua, three catches, seven targets, 32 yards. No catches for Tyler Higby. The run game sucked, as we'll talk about momentarily. Just an awful offense without Matt Stafford. If he's out any time of length, they have a bye week this week. Thank God. Hopefully he's back and ready to go after that bye because this is not something. You can't trust these guys if Brett Ripon's starting moving forward.
0: Yeah, in um, the Bucks passing game, uh, the quarterback play was okay. Mayfield did 21 out of 30 for 265 and two scores. Not bad. Good did nothing. He, was, he caught two balls on six uh, targets for 16 yards. That was terrible. Mike Evans caught four out of five for 87. Now, I will say I was i was watching. He, he caught one on, like, the one that, you know, could have been a touchdown, you know, would have made his day awesome, but it was still okay. But anyway, you know, not much to get excited about as far as Chris
1: Godwin kind of reverted back to that when Evans yeah. is in, Evan, Evans eats and Godwin doesn't. Yeah, and we'll talk about him in the wave wire in a little more detail. Like Cade Otten, and the one actually leading the way there. 70 yards, two yeah. touchdowns, nine targets, six catches. Do got to shout out my nephew, Brody Brown. We're in a 16-team family league. He had a desperate tight end situation. He ended up streaming Kate Otten. and uh, my, my eight-year-old nephew. He's, he's a fantasy genius. I'm not going to lie. He's, someday when I hand over the keys and I have to retire – Brody Brown will be taking over the uh, the Fertile Street Journal, I'll tell you that much. He's a fantasy savant. Some of the stuff, he, he's what? like, yeah, Kate came like, Texans have been uh, most generous to tight ends in the last three years. Like, How do you know this stuff? You know more than I do at this point. So, well, uh, I'm, yeah. assuming, I'm assuming that if, if you're retiring, I'm assuming I'll be dead by then. So I won't have to, I won't have <laughs> exactly. to figure out, won't to figure out if, if him and me mesh in the office. I, I think you guys would be solid together. He, okay, he'll, run, he'll run it with a, a nice iron fist, though, uh, right, for sure. See. Moving into the uh, the running games and fallers in the run game, it's got to start with Bijan Robinson, everybody's favorite first round pick. I called it. This was the bust. Everybody craft on me, Bijan Robinson. Generational talent. Generational talent that cannot separate from either Arthur Smith's EDRC or maybe Tyler Algier. Either way, only 11 carries for him compared to 12 for Tyler Algier. Sure, Bijan outplayed him, 52 yards on his 11 carries compared to just 39 for Tyler Algier, but Algier did get the touchdown. Bijan did fumble. He got benched for the entire fourth quarter as a result of it. Really tough effort for him. And he's a fringe RB2 at best now moving forward, which, again, this generates talent. talent. Like, how can you feel that great about him right now a- at all? I feel terrible about him. I don't feel yeah. great about him
0: at all. Um, speaking yeah. of people I don't feel great about, let's talk about Seattle. We ripped their passing game to shreds. We might as well talk about their running game too. Ooh. You know, Tar- oh Charbonnet outsnapped Kenneth Walker. Who cares? They were both terrible. Kenneth Walker rushed nine times for 16 yards. Oh, but what about the passing game? Well, he had a catch for one yard. Zach Charbonnet rushed four times for eight yards. I mean, and, and then he added one five-yard catch. Those are about the two worst stat lines you could see for uh, running backs that maybe you possibly thought
1: were decent that you'll ever see. Man, there's some yeah. bad performers this week. Really, really <laughs> ugly week in general. Just so sad to see for Ken Walker, who was a locked-in top-six running back, Until Charbonnet really started to get in, and now both of them are just useless right now. We'll see. We'll see. And their schedule is horrible down the stretch. I don't know if you can get any type of value right now for either of these guys. Um, Charbonnet still has that handcuff value that makes him more stashing, but Ken Walker, oh, it's going to be real tough to trust him moving forward. Alvin Kamara, the must-start running back one of the week by everybody, including me, number one in my running back rankings. (laughs) Nine carries, 26 yards, four catches, 44 Really, at the end of the day, not a horrendous day, but just I mean, compared to right, what we've yeah. been seeing for him, it just—it's kind of wor- worrisome at how involved. The reason he's on the follower list is that Taysom Hill is just so damn involved right now at the goal line. Uh, it just makes Alvin Kamara's touchdown equity a little bit more of a risk moving forward.
0: I mean, I, you said it's not that terrible well, game It's pretty bad. Like that stat line is pretty not great. Right, yeah. I mean, you know, especially we were seeing this guy, you know, targeted like 15 times a game. Yeah. I don't know. Four four for 44. Don't love it. Daryl speaking and other people sucking. Man, it, it, the way you've got this agenda set up where, where we talk about the great guys, then we just roll down like everybody who's terrible. It's just like it's each guy is trying to outdo the next as far as yeah. sucking goes. Uh, let's talk about the Rams running backs. Daryl Henderson, 10 rushes for 19, including two catches for 16. Disgusting. And Royce Freeman, <laughs> his backfield mate, 12 for 32. Wow. Awesome. Freeman led Freeman led the backfield with those
1: numbers, guys. Get get back soon, Kyron. We need you. You got to imagine. Maybe even Miles Gaskin gets a crack at this next week. They do get, a, I believe, Arizona next week. I, I remember the matchup being soft. Oh no, they're on a bye, and then it's uh, Arizona. So who knows? Maybe that is actually when Gaskin gets worked in the game plan more. We'll see. Speaking of just inefficient, horrendous running backs. Devin Singletary, 13 yards, 26 yards. Uh, Apparently the starter of the Texans, whoever it is, can only average two yards a pop, it seems. This was definitely his chance, similar to how Chuba Hubbard had that one game to start and he ended up taking over the backfield. Didn't end up happening for Devin Singletary this time out. Uh, And you got to just think, at this point, you probably cut him. This is his handcuff value. This is what he's going to do in starts. What's the point of holding on to him at this point?
0: There's no point in it. I wrote the article. We were right about what we thought, which is that Pierce sucks. This guy's going to get some carries. He got some carries, and he's terrible. So, you know, get get off it. Um, Let's get into the 4 o'clock box scores um, and and maybe talk about those a little bit. We flew through these pretty quickly. We're about half an hour in. uh, Kickoff still about maybe 15, maybe 20 at the most away. But I think we're going to be able to get to everything finished and hit the mailbag. Let's talk about the Colts-Panthers game. You want to hit that one?
1: Yeah, sure. We can start with that. Maybe save the Cowboys and, uh, and and Eagles for last since that was the most exciting of the yeah. day. I, I got some thoughts uh, yeah, on, cool, cool. on Giants Raiders, so, so you take this one. Yeah, and there's not much to say about that one either right. <laughs> when we get there. Uh, but yeah, Minshew, you know, 127 yards, one touchdown, nothing in there uh, of note. But ultimately, it was good to see Jonathan Taylor, 18 carries compared to just seven for Zach Moss. We don't have the final snap count. But he also did get five catches, five targets as well, Jonathan Taylor. No catches for Zach Moss. I imagine when the snaps come out, it will be about 65, 35, which is what we're hoping to see Taylor eventually work. Now, he wasn't overly efficient on the ground. Those 18 carries went just for 47, but he did catch a touchdown, five catches, 22 yards For Taylor, we'd love to see a little bit more juice, though. Uh, Seven carries for 26 for Moss, and again, no catches there. Josh Downs did get hurt in the game, so that was unfortunate to see there. It did open the path for Michael Pittman to have eight targets, eight catches, 64 yards. They just didn't need to throw because they were up on the team the entire time there. Uh, So they just really didn't need to do much there for the Colts. On the other side of things, Bryce Young, three interceptions. I think he may have fumbled it as well. Just a really, really bad effort. For him, Chuba Hubbard dominated the workload again. 16 carries for a whopping 58 yards, no scores. Ugh. Not a great day there, but he did see six targets, four catches, just nine yards So not doing a whole lot with his work and did actually open the door. He fumbled the ball, didn't lose it. But then Miles Sanders came in. He actually looked okay for the first time all season. Six carries, 39 yards. I do think this starts to get a little bit more complicated moving forward, given that Miles Sanders is one making so much more money than anybody, and two just did fl- look flat out better than Chuba Harvey today. He looked the healthiest he's looked really all season, Miles Sanders. And he was talking this week how insulted he is that he's been benched and how he's really you know hoping he gets a chance and will try to play well. Yeah, you know, we'll try to play well. Essentially, he did though. You know, he didn't do bad with the work he got. He also had three catches, twenty-two yards. It was definitely Adam Thielen's worst day of the season too. Just six targets, five catches. 29 yards against the Colt Stevens that has really struggled against wide receiver ones, but has actually been pretty good against the slot. So a lot of people did uh, predict that this was not going to be the best game. Hayden Hurst actually led the team in receiving, which tells you really everything you need to know. 54 yards, two catches nobody else is really noteworthy here. You know, Jonathan Mingo had been emerging one catch five yards, uh, nothing, nothing to talk about there. So rest of, really just not a ton of fancy developments in this game. Other than again, Jonathan Taylor starting to separate a bit from Zach uh Zach Moss so it seems and I'm feeling hopefully has better days ahead.
0: Giants Raiders the a battle between two bad teams and we found out one of them was much much worse than the other one. Yeah. Raiders won 30 to 6. Uh Daniel Jones got injured so we got to see Tommy DeVito again and uh you know he had a career day 15 out of 20 for a buck 75 up from his <laughs> like uh, negative 8 or whatever he had the other day. One touchdown, two picks, he was sacked six times which never helps. Um number one, number one receiver on the day, Darius Slayton, four for 59. Wandale Robinson caught four for 35 and did score a touchdown. Of course, Darren Waller is injured on the ground for the Giants. Barkley rushed 16 times for 90 yards, which actually ain't bad. He added three catches for 23 on uh four targets on the other side of the ball. When we look at the Raiders, I mean Devontae Adams, yeah, I know they're one thirty to six. Devontae Adams must just be miserable. Aiden O'Connell, 16 out of 25 for 209. No scores, no picks. Josh Jacobs was actually the only real fantasy relevant player in this game. He rushed 26 times for 98 and two scores. Trey Tucker actually was the leading receiver on the Raiders. Two catches for 52 yards. The aforementioned Devontae Adams uh, had four catches for 34. Also worth noting, Jacoby Myers did really nothing in the passing game. Two catches for 38. He did have one rush for 17 yards, and he scored on that.
1: Yeah, not bad there. Saved his day with that rushing touchdown. Uh, yeah, just just an yeah. ugly situation overall. Twenty eight to twenty three, Eagles up. come out on top of the Cowboys. Very solid game. Came down to the wire there. Dak Prescott, a third straight twenty five plus fantasy point day. Three seventy five through the air. Three touchdowns. And over half of that going to Ceedee Lamb. Yet another monstrous effort. Sixteen targets. Whew. Eleven catches. One hundred ninety two yards. Moving forward, when I do my rest of the season big board, he's got to be in that top six overall conversation at this point, getting that he's the focal point, the heartbeat of this offense. They had talked about wanting to spread the wealth a few weeks ago. The back-to-back weeks, you know, 16, 17 targets here for C.D. Lamb, an absolutely monster effort. Their number two receiver, though, on the day, Jake Ferguson, seven catches, 91 yards Also, finding the end zone there, as did Jalen Tolbert. That's the one thing CeeDee Lamb didn't do is score. The other touchdown did go to uh, Turpin, Tolbert, and Ferguson. So, no touchdowns for CeeDee Lamb. You can't be mad, though, with an 11-catch, 192-yard effort. Michael Gallup, the real man out here, 2 for 19, and Brandon Cooks just 1 for 7. Really ugly to see on a day where Dak goes that big, 375 again, and those two can't do anything more than that. Neither of them need to be held on fantasy rosters. And then everybody's still probably buzzing. And I know, truth, you're probably talking about Tony Pollard. 12 carries, 51 yards, (sighs) three catches, 12 yards, no touchdowns out of the end zone. Once again, really, really lackluster effort from him. That's just a, a year that has been really just horrendous. On the other side of things, Jalen Hurts, two touchdowns, 207 yards. Not the massive day we saw last week, but A.J. Brown got his 66 and a score on seven catches. Three catches, 51, and a touchdown for Devonta Smith as well. So the two main guys, they did their thing. Dallas Garter had a couple nice catches, but did have an arm injury. So we'll check on that and see how he's doing. But ultimately, uh, he had to leave the game early. DeAndre Smith definitely led the way and carries 18 of the 23 uh, running back carries did go to deandre swift he managed just 43 scoreless yards had a couple catches two for 31 but definitely not the best we've seen from him and of course kenny gainwell was the one scoring the only running back touchdown jalen hurts also ran one in as he always does every single week right so, <laughs> can can your
0: was, yeah let ask you a question
1: um, yeah. um has, have, have they ever failed on the tush push I don't think so. Like, they are just so damn either. dominant. Jason Kelsey is such a monster up the middle. Just, whew. and of course, Jalen Hurts, his is legs. I mean, you've he's seen it. He's already
0: video. a really good runner. And, I mean, yeah. he's literally being, like, propelled from behind and the line's pushing. I mean, it's just, I know some people are like, this is incredible. Some people are outraged. But, I mean, I've probably seen him do it eight times this year. And I, they definitely made it every time I saw it.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, it's it's foolproof when the Eagles do it. I've seen other teams try and so they I'm fail. I'm talking That's about the Eagles. Eagles. I'm, I'm talking specifically about the Eagles. Yeah, yeah they're dominant. Yeah, they're, they're ridiculous. Um, So that wraps up the 4 p.m. box scores. We'll move on to some key injuries. Thankfully, not quite as loaded as last week where we had just carnage after carnage, but still a few big injuries here. Cam Akers, unfortunately, tore his Achilles. You got to really feel for the guy. He gutted it out and came back. Very few people have ever come back from an Achilles injury, even just one of them comes back, starts to get his bearings again and then tears his Achilles once more. So, prayers up. It's probably a career for him unfortunately. Uh man, uh he just got to feel. I, I it just sucks. Cuz that's that's definitely an arduous road back. Uh, maybe Ty Chandler becomes a waiver wire piece at this point, but it's it's just going to be the Madison show and it's going to be horrible. Um so yeah, really prayers up for K-Man because that sucks.
0: Yeah, Kendry Miller went out of the game with an ankle injury with the Saints. Um, He was basically operating as the third string running back for the Saints. Uh, Nothing to get excited about there. Still hate to see anybody get hurt. He did take one screen pass for 31 yards. Um, But, you know, we'll keep an eye on that as we go. He's probably not lighting up your fantasy team anyway. But, you know, an injury to maybe consider on the back,
1: back, back, back burner. I mean, Taysom Hill did end up leading this team in carries on the day. So, if anything, maybe it opens the uh, the door for him even more. So, Daniel Jones did leave with a knee injury. I had to get. Helped off, did not look good, went to the locker room. Um, We'll see what happens there. He had just returned from a neck injury, and boom, he's already knocked out again. That's just – it's just gross.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Josh Downs, would hate to see, got knocked out of the Week 9 game against the Panthers. Um, At first, they were not sure if he'd come back. They did eventually rule him out. He had been battling a knee injury literally all week, so it's unclear whether this was an aggravation of that or something new. We will definitely keep you posted on that, though. He's been – you know, he's been not too bad.
1: Yeah. And then Dallas Goddard had an arm injury. It looked pretty bad, honestly, when he like reached right for his arm. And my my cousin, I was watching the game. He's like, oh, yeah, that thing looked broken. So I don't know exactly what it will be. He was holding it in a weird way and maybe it will be okay. Uh, so what we'll, we will see there, should he miss, have to miss time, but definitely could be an impactful injury given how bad the tight end landscape is to lose Waller in one week, Goddard potentially in the next. It's just getting that much thinner out here. All righty, Truth. Do you want me to just rip through these uh, these Week 10 waivers here? Sure. Go ahead. All righty. So we will back. At this point, we are moving to the last segment tonight. One last call. That thumbs-up button, please do consider helping us out. If you enjoy the content you're hearing, you want to see more of it, please do hit that thumbs-up button. Continue to subscribe if you like what you're hearing. Early Week 10 waiver. Let's dive on into a few of the important names. We'll kind of go position by position. As you guys know, I will dive in even more in depth on Tuesday at 7 p.m. But starting at the top with some running backs, Keaton Mitchell has to be at the top of the list. Nine carries, 138 yards, and a touchdown on the day. He had that 40-yard touchdown. Look, as fast as can be. And we know he's the second fastest back in this class behind only A-Chan And Jameer Gibbs had the next fastest 40-yard time. He lit up the entire preseason. He was a guy we were talking about weeks ago as a waiver wire stash, and he got a little dinged up again. But this is why. He was a a shot out of a cannon type of player. He also had a 60-yard run later in the game, too. And sure, it's a messy situation. Gus Edwards definitely the lead back. Justice Hill somehow still saw 13 carries. But I imagine Keaton Mitchell looking as good as he did will start to eat into that Justice Hill workload. The only other running backs of note, he is certainly the priority. But Antonio Gibson, we talked about, had five catches, 42 yards through the air, in addition to 34 yards on the ground on six carries, so a nice yard for clip there. 11 opportunities, that was his highest of the season, seems to be earning the touches, too. When he gets them, he's doing pretty well with them. So maybe Gibson's role will continue to grow, especially with this defense looking so much worse. They might need that pass-catching uh, type of back even more moving th- forward. I just want to shout out Jarek McKinnon, 30% roster. He had a touchdown today. It is that time of the year where the yes. Chiefs are going to Closing out the season, and we start to see Jack McKinnon come out of his cave and help his fantasy owners uh down stretch runs. We've seen it before, and it's worth just maybe getting ahead of the game here. Should an injury happen to Pacheco or just it's Jared McKinnon time, it's December, time for him to take back over this backfield. We've totally seen it happen before. It could happen here again. That wraps up our running backs moving to wide receivers. And as I say Keaton Mitchell's the number one priority unless. Tank Dell is out there in your waiver wires, still out there in 53% of leagues, just 47% rostered, 11 targets, six catches, 114 and two touchdowns, another 20-plus point day. He's now had three of his six full games go for 20 or more points. The kid's a stud. I mean, he had that – I don't know if you saw the, the end of the game there, truth, but that catch he made on the sideline to put them in position to win the game and then to catch the game winner right after, like the guy's got balls and so does DJ yeah. Strauss. This game, you know, that team is just so fun to have pieces Mm -hmm. up. And and Noah Brown, too, you know, 2% rostered, six targets, all six of them caught for 153 and a touchdown, a really nice 75-yard catch and score to open the game. Uh, This is probably more of the anomaly here. And, again, most of that came on just one catch. But that was about half his production. He still had five for 75 beyond that one. And it, Robert Woods has been out. This has kind of opened the door for the much more explosive Noah Brown, who made plays with the Cowboys whenever he was used. Definitely on the lower priority of things, certainly well behind Tank Dell and also behind my next guy here, Quentin Johnston, 30% rostered. But Josh Palmer, who's been playing really, really well this year, had to be placed on the injured reserve. will miss at least four games. I don't think you can go toss Johnson in your lineup this week. You probably don't even have to because it's Monday night and you probably had your players play at this point. Facing the Jets, I wouldn't expect a ton to happen here, but he's going to have every opportunity to show why he was a first-rounder, to show why Brandon Staley called him the best player on the field when he scouted them facing Georgia, who has how many first-round talents here. The kid, Johnson, is such a great threat after the catch. He's behind actually only Debo Samuel across the last decade in terms of yards after the catch per reception for college, but they've been using him as like a Mike Williams clone, which is not what he's good at. He's not a deep threat that can make those contested grabs. He has deep speed, but only when he's separated. He's more, much more dangerous when you hit him on screens, when you hit him at the line of scrimmage and let him do his thing. I'm really hoping we get that role for Quentin Johnson moving forward. Either way, they're going to have no choice but to play him. A number two option in this explosive pass attack. There is like – it just gives me kind of Christian Watson vibes of last year. Not yeah. this year. You don't want sure. those type of vibes. But you know, yeah. a, a talented first-round type of talent stepping into a major role with a quarterback that can sling. I, I was just, I'm getting good vibes about Johnston the rest of the year. Uh, the rest of these receivers are really just desperation bye week guys. But Darnell Mooney, we've seen play well in the past. 14% roster, and he showed more burst than I think I've seen all year from him. Probably in the last two years, it seems like he's fully getting himself back to full health. Six targets, five catches, 82 yards. You know, not bad here. We'll just have to see. a you Note know, that did come from Tyson Bajan. and it does meet, uh, seem like Justin Fields is probably a week away. He's done it with Darnell Mooney in the past before. It's just one of those pretty good explosive talents. You just wonder how much volume is going to be there to go around once Fields is back. And then we talked about the Odell Belkin squeaky wheel. Seven targets, ends up getting greased. Five catches on those seven looks, 56 yards, and a score. And I said pass the eyeball test despite a zero in the box score last year – or last week, rather. This (laughs) week we looked significantly better. Um, there. So that was Darnell Mooney, Odell Beckham. Sorry, I forgot to uh, move through my banners as we go here. Wrapping up with just a handful of tight ends for you. KDOT and 5% rostered. Shout out again, my nephew. Uh Streamed this guy. Saw it coming. Mentioned the Houston matchup and he couldn't have been more right. Nine targets. Team high there. Six catches, 70 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, this is now the third straight game. He's seen at least six targets. Though. So it's not just a one week anomaly. Sure. The, the huge, massive touchdown output is an outlier. But ultimately, we've seen Kate Otten. He's actually fifth in tight end routes on the season and has been a highly used piece uh, throughout the year in an offense that's actually pretty solid so far. And last is Jonu Smith, who had that 61. I mean, this guy is an athletic freak. It just goes to show what the Patriots doing, signing this guy to a massive contract and then not using him in a way that he could thrive that 61 yard, run, Knifing through the defense, one of the fastest guys for his size. He has a 99th percentile speed score. What a beast. Five catches, six targets, 100 yards. Is If Drake London's out, I mean, you can toss this guy in at any point. Uh, seems to be getting even more usage than Kyle Pitts at this point is Jonu Smith. But I would go to Kate Doten first if I had a tight end need. I guess you could mention Ty Chandler, given that Cam Akers did tear the Achilles. But I don't know if I need the back up to a bad running back in an offense that I don't know, maybe Josh Dobbs will breathe some life into it. And he's the last guy I did want to mention is Josh Dobbs had that Konami upside day here, 60 yards on the ground, three total touchdowns on the day, over 24 fantasy points. Again, we saw multiple of those efforts for the Cardinals. And now he might be thrown to Justin Jefferson, Jay Jordan Addison. I mean, it, I could see Josh Dobbs. I I didn't even make a banner for the guy as I continue to gush about him here. But that he has all the makings of that like stretch run. QB one comes out of nowhere and just has monster fantasy days. I don't think it will be a ton of like, certainly not Kirk Cousin three hundred yard passing monsters. But with the Konami upside, with the weapons he's going to have, and, and the schedule that's really not all that daunting, I think Josh Dobbs. If you're quarterback needy, if you lost Kirk Cousins, or uh, there's been tons of injuries at the position lately, and if you're a starting garbage, it's been a really rough year at quarterback. Josh Dobbs, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he has a big stretch run.
0: We literally just had kickoff. We're on the first play of the game.
1: Oh, look Let's at that. It. Love to see it. We got some people in the comments. I, I love to see some of these. I always go read them afterwards. You know, a couple of people with some really tough uh, losses, uh, some brutal kicks in the in the balls from from a, from a few people in here. Yeah. Tunes talking about how you'd be better than uh, Tunes. And, and yeah, probably would have been. Real quick, and, I, I, so,
0: I want to answer one question in the mailbag. Dave Campanelli said, can we officially yeah. <laughs> cover the guns? Yes. What did he say? He said, can we officially cut Daniel Jones? Yes.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't know why he's still even rostered at this point. Uh, I thought you were going to pull up the fact that uh, he does not have to jump into the Antarctic Ocean. As no, it's, naked. Re- it's
0: related, but but no.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sadly, sadly, uh, we the, the world does not get to see a naked Campanelli uh, sink to the bottom of the uh, Antarctic Ocean as he freezes up upon impact there. Uh, so thankfully, we preserve Campanelli's life. We do love him. So I guess it's good that he doesn't have to die today. And the Antarctic Ocean ass naked. But, yeah, <laughs> that was about as safe a bet as you could get. I think that's about it. We'll back all our recap coverage you can find at Roto Street Journal. we we'll have tons of stock watches, waiver wire articles. My rest of season big board will be updated tomorrow, as will be my week 10 rankings. You know I, I'm a psycho. I like to get them out on Monday to kick the week off for you guys. I'll be back again to break down all these waiver picks and whoever else I missed. And I'll have them in a nice top 10 order for you on Tuesday. 7 p.m. We'd love to have you there on your way out that thumbs up button or a sub. If you're new here, we'd love to have you come back uh, in a wolf of the sheep, guys. Be the wolf. Enjoy tonight's night game. I hope you get what you need to win your fantasy leagues tonight. Later. Later. We
0: used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd. Take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go. But at least we stole the show. 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 show. Straight ahead, Detlef. Second effort. Third effort. Touchdown!